Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, Stuart Childs takes stock of the dairy farming year as we come towards the end of lactation and considers some reports to help benchmark your farm performance. Okay, good morning, everyone, and welcome to this week's Let's Talk Dairy. So today I'm just going to do a, a little bit of, I suppose, housekeeping in general, um, and I'm going to talk to you about kind of taking stock for 2021 um, with a view to maybe getting a few bits and pieces organised uh, before the end of the year um, and trying to set yourself up for the coming year. So it covers uh, across the, the whole spectrum, I suppose, in relation to physical performance on the farm, um, grassland performance on the farm, which I suppose you could say is, is physical, but when I'm talking about physical, I'm talking about cow performance. Um, and then the last piece, I suppose, is, of course, financial, uh, which nobody likes generally. So I, I hope but we still have to cover it, and I think it's important to, that we do take um, a look at that. So I'll just share one or two slides here with you. So um, as I said, just taking stock uh, is, is what I'm going to talk about today. So I suppose there's a few... Like, like we've discussed in the last number of weeks, uh, there's a few um, changes coming down the track for us for 2022 uh, on a number of levels, I suppose. And actually, now that I think of it, there's a piece that I've left out of one of the slides there, but I'll, I'll pick it up here. So in terms of physical performance, I suppose this is something that people are happy doing uh, from our own point of view. I suppose we always like to look at how cows have milked, what's the fat, what's the protein, what kind of numbers have we milked, how did we fare out relative to last year? And the crop performance report is a fantastic report like, uh, in that regard. And um, those, some of you, depending on the crop that you're with, um, that's being updated on a monthly basis throughout the year. Uh, some of you are getting it more on a quarterly basis. Um, so if you're getting it on a quarterly basis, you'll have the first three quarters of the year should be covered at this stage. And you'll be waiting for your final report, which will come out maybe the end of January, early February. Um, but if you're getting it monthly, you're generally kind of two months behind. So we have the data up to the end of September now uh, on the crops that are getting it on a monthly basis. So you can see what way is the year faring out in that sense. Um, how is the performance? I suppose trying to tell you then maybe with the environmental or the uh, the effects of the, the year on how cows have performed or was there something in the background that didn't allow you to achieve what you wanted to, to achieve in terms of milk performance. So just maybe having a look at that fertility performance, I suppose that those reports are now available also on ICBF. So you can look back and see how did your breeding season go. Um, and uh, we will probably look at more in at those in more detail in the next couple of weeks with, with Dan Reardon from ICBF potentially. So just uh, what, what so how did those individual sires, did they do well, did they do poorly? Um, the overall fertility performance, what kind of six-week calving rate are you expecting to have next year? On the basis of scanning data, etc., and again, it's all about just kind of what could be done better maybe next year. And now is a good time to be thinking of that rather than in um, March or April next year when you're going to be busy. In particular, then I suppose, uh, and again, you'll be complaining that I keep harping on about it, but milk recording info is going to be very important in the context of what's coming at us in 2022. Um, in every sense, both from an, an antibiotic usage point of view, which is something that I should have had on the slide here as well because antibiotics as a whole had um, did we have a significant issue around animal health that we ended up using a lot of antibiotics for during 2021 and is there a vaccination strategy that we could employ that would help us alleviate that or was the the antibiotic usage in response to a lot of trouble with lameness 
is there something we can do with roadways in the next couple of months before we're back on them again for this coming year that could improve issues around lameness within the herd and help us to reduce having to use maybe antibiotics for drops, et cetera, that are, are being um, caused by physical weaknesses around the farm rather than actual animal problems. Um, but I suppose coming back to the milk recording info then again, uh, it's, uh, we'll, I'll be going looking at it in the last slide again, how that ties in with the financial performance of the farm is going to be important in identifying the cows that you want to have on your farm in 2022. And the only way you can really do that is if um, you have individual data, maybe through a computer system that's recording in the, in the parlour or actual milk recording data as well. So there's very few people have computerised systems that are telling them what cows are milking on a regular basis. So the vast majority of us are going to be depending on the milk recording inf information. And we need to dig into that. And I know that people that are associated with Munster down this side of the country uh, have the option of talking to um, some of our the, the milk recording people in Munster to assess their performance in terms of milk recording, etc. Uh, and that's something that people should be looking at doing. Again, I'm, I'm low to say that it's quite time of year on farms because um, from I, I do find that feeding people, they, when people have to feed cows, they are generally, they're, not, they're definitely not idle. Um, but I suppose things are winding down a little bit more, I suppose. So the opportunities there maybe to sit down and have a look through this information. And as I said, um, take advantage of the people that have an understanding of it. So my own colleagues in Chagas and also the, pe the people that work with the milk recording agencies are going to be able to interpret those uh, reports from a, a physical point of view. Would say. So identifying cows maybe that might be doing okay, um, but could be, could be doing a lot better or maybe the herd could be doing a lot better without some of those cows. And, and just again, coming back to the, the whole situation that could be facing us next year in terms of nitrates, financially, everything like identifying cows that maybe shouldn't be on the farm for the coming year because they're just not going to cut the mustard really. I suppose grassland performance then, look, that's going to vary very dramatically. As we know, there's probably only 2,000 farms uh, that are actively using pasture-based. So they have a lot of information that they can review there. And I know John Maher and Michal O'Leary, John Douglas and Joe Dunphy will be reviewing those with groups that they are dealing with uh, on a regular basis in the, in the next month or so in particular. Looking back at the year gone by and seeing uh, where the positives are, I suppose, and where the negatives are maybe for individuals within groups and identifying where they can make um, improvements. Uh, maybe if you're not on pasture base, I know that there's a lot of people are using the, the, the grass 10 grazing boards and they are a good resource as well in terms of information. So what kind of a rotation link were you working off of during the course of the year? This is something that can definitely be done at this stage because you're more in the vast majority of cases have cows are nearly fully housed now at this stage in, in the vast majority of farms. So you can look back at, take down the grazing board with you and um, review the number of grazings that you've gotten on each paddock. Uh, there's a bit of information in relation to the paddock there. Maybe sometimes it can be that it's out for silage for a long period of time, but it could also be that the paddock is just underperforming. So as I said, you don't necessarily have to be on pasture base now. Ideally, obviously, we'd like people to be more engaged with pasture base. Um, and putting more information in there and, and it'll do a lot of that in analysis for you and cough out the results for you. But then there are people that are more used to the, the notebook and pencil and uh, just by recording their grazings and would say the number of grazings that they've done on farm, um, they can identify poor performing paddocks or maybe identify management changes that they could make for the coming year in order to improve that. Um, 
And then I suppose this is probably one that I think is very, very important in particular for this year. So you'll be all well aware that there's the, um, a 10% reduction going to come in nitrogen probably. It's not a done deal possibly just yet, but it's more than likely a done deal uh, for the coming year. So I think it's important that you look back. Uh, again, now you may need some assistance with this in terms of uh, figuring out allowances and what you've actually spread. Um, for those of you that are in derogation, you're going to be doing it anyway uh, in preparation for to submit your derogation for 2022, assuming that we'll manage to retain it. And um, it's just no harm that if people just tot up the amount of fertilizer that was bought, again, looking at the allowance, um, what was your allowance? Are you under your allowance? How much are you under your allowance? If you're bang on your allowance, more or less, in terms of what's been used. And it's important to point out that maybe some people can have stock of fertilizer held into the, in the yard, and that needs to be taken off because it's obviously not used, but it was purchased. Um, but where are we in terms of the actual nitrogen amount that we're using on the farm? What does it look like if we take 10% off of that? And then most importantly, if, if that's less than what we've already spread this year, how are we going to make changes to align with the new limit? So generally speaking, I suppose for the higher stock farms, the vast majority have a 200 units allowance. Um, if we're talking the old money or 250 kgs of nitrogen per hectare, we take 10% off of that. Obviously, we're down to 225, which is approximately 180 units. Obviously, 10% off of 200 is 20. And so we've 180 units of nitrogen to use. So we, we are going to have to be um, more uh, cautious with the when we spread, what we spread, and the amount we spread, I suppose. Well, what we spread is obviously going to be dictated by soil sampling as well. So maybe there's, there could be soil sampling to be done there. It doesn't really influence nitrogen usage, but it, what it does uh, strongly influence, as you'll probably well, be well aware, is nitrogen use efficiency. So um, correcting soil deficits and in particular pH and the opportunity will be there, I suppose, or maybe there to correct that uh, early in the season. And then um, you get better bang for your buck for the nitrogen that you are spreading. And given the, that the fertilizer prices are where they are at the moment, we want to be getting 100% effect out of anything that you are using or as near as possible. And that's, that applies for P and K as well obviously then as well. But um, pH in particular is going to be a key driver of nitrogen use efficiency and that's going to be something that people will really have to focus on next year. So I'll sit down, have a look, uh, as I said, in particular in relation to fertilizer uh, because of its importance in relation to water quality and so forth. And uh, we need to uh, um, implement this 10% reduction. So see, take, take stock of where you are for 2021, how much nitrogen did you use in 2021? Um, and if you take a 10% reduction on that, what does it look like in terms of the amount of nitrogen that you're going to have for 2022 and uh, trying to make it fit then, cut, cutting the clock to fit the table basically in terms of the amount that you're going to have available and, what you're, and how you're going to handle that. Now, we will talk about this obviously in much greater detail uh, in the next number of months um, in relation to amounts and allowances or um, quantities to be used at varying times of the year. Uh, and when, to, when when are you going to get the most efficient use of the nitrogen that you're going to spread, et cetera. But as I said, from your own perspective, how much did you spread for our 2021? And uh, if we take a 10% reduction on that, uh, what's it going to look like? And in fact, it, it may be no harm also just to, to factor in that there is some suggestion that there could be a 15% reduction in some of the catchments in the south and the southeast in particular, where there's been high nitrate uh, identified in water courses along there. That's uh, possibly not going to come in next year, but it's no harm maybe if people did the sum with uh, that 
that in mind as well and just to I suppose focus the mind in terms of if that were to kick in uh, where would we go with chemical nitrogen or how would we change our, our strategy around chemical nitrogen and as I said we will talk about it quite uh, a bit more but from an individual farm point of view it's important to establish how much did you spread for this year and what's that reduction going to look like or is it, it, it may not, in some cases from some of the farms that have engaged with uh, changes to uh, nitrate use, nitrogen usage in the last number of years, it's not going to affect them at all because they're already after dropping their, their usage down to the level that they need to be at. Um, but, but in the vast majority of cases, uh, most people will be using the 200 units and are going to have to save 20 units there. So it's uh, important to figure that position out. Finally, as I said, um, the one that most people probably don't like, most people like looking at grass and cows and dealing with that. Uh, financially, obviously, money in the bank, people are happy with that, but they don't really, the vast majority of people don't like sitting down uh, looking at figures. Some people really enjoy it, but the vast majority, I suppose, it's probably the chore of actually putting the figures together for analysis is probably the, the one that people don't like in particular. Uh, and I suppose talking about it on the um, 11th of November is, is a positive in that you can maybe make a start on gathering information um, now, but for the accountants and potentially for profit monitor as well. So we have a new profit monitor system that's been tested at the moment. So updates to the profit monitor that have been uh, promised, I suppose, for a number of years, but due to financial constraints and so forth, couldn't be implemented. But Kevin Connolly has a huge amount of work done in terms of uh, bringing the profit monitor into the current time frame, basically, because it was quite dated in the, the original format that it was. Um, so there will be a new version of that available for 2021 analysis, which will be taking place in 2022. Um, I suppose, again, it's just important. Uh, it's important every year, but look, you're all well aware at this stage that the input costs on farms are going to rise quite significantly in uh, 2022, potentially. Uh, and Patrick Owing and James Dunn will be discussing uh, options uh, um, around cost control at the dairy conference, which will be taking place in two weeks' time. If people are interested, you can go to the Chagas website to, to uh, check out the program there, which will be covering breeding, grassland, and uh, tips around efficiency. So energy saving technology, uh, improvements in costs for or trying to control costs for 2022, breeding or vaccination strategies, amongst other things as well. So as I said, you can check out the Chagas website there in relation to that if you're interested. It's taking place in Rochestown Park on the 23rd of November and at Lawn in the Hudson Bay on the 24th of November. So as I said, the input costs are on the rise. So fertilizer, as you'd be well aware, has gone through the roof altogether at the moment. Price has been quoted. A lot of tin, uh, um, trepidation, I suppose, within the market at the moment. Uh, buyers trying not to buy, probably, and the hope that prices will come down because it's a, it's a, a no-win situation, really, for them because they don't really know how much they want to order because they don't know how much people are going to actually try and save the coming year because of the cost of it. Feed prices are on the rise and looking that they're going to continue to rise, so feed costs are going to go. And as you'll be well aware, the four costs there, if you, if you marry the fuel with the contractor, I suppose, in reality, um, or, or just maybe leave the fuel to one side, feed fertilizer and contractor are going to be the three biggest costs on any farm, and they're all going to rise in 2022. Uh, so it's going to be important that you know, kind of from 2021, uh, coming back to what I said earlier, how much um, did the cows generate for you in 2021 and how much then has it cost you to keep those cows for 2021? And if we add a figure that I've heard thrown around at 200 euros a cow extra on top of costs for the, for the 2022 period, how does that tell you with what um, 
milk price or milk uh, sales you've had and and per on an individual cow basis basically our cows going to cover their costs so you need it's important again no different to the grassland situation i suppose and, and the fertilizer position that i've just been talking about you need to know your financial position so as i said we encourage people to look at profit monitor but at the very minimum we would like people to sit down and do even if it's in your notepad or whatever way you do want to do your costs um, no, establish how much it has cost you to keep that cow for 2021 and did the cow cover all their costs did all cows cover all their costs sorry um, uh, or were you robbing off the good cows in order to cover some of those poor performing cows milk recording lifetime report then that we've looked at there with Dennis Howard uh, recently in Rosario O'Connor um, will identify some of those poor performing cows in particular uh, the rates being the bottom 20% of your herd and Again, just I suppose if you have, uh, you can just establish then whether cows actually have covered their costs or not. And cows that haven't covered their costs in 2021 are definitely, unless there's been a, some sort of a glitch that has given them a poor production year as a result of, of some illness or something at the start of the year, maybe, um, they are highly unlikely that they're going to cover their costs in 2022, given that the costs are going to rise. Um, and you just maybe have to ask yourself the question then, is it worth keeping those cows? So I've had a couple of conversations with people in the last week or 10 days. Uh, and I suppose at the end of the conversation, we're probably looking at maybe, maybe milking a few less cows in 2022 uh, relative to 2021, uh, calling on the basis of poor performance and calling on the basis of cell count issues and so forth. Um, and in the, I suppose in the heel of the hunt or the long way around to the to this is probably that you could, that's not necessarily going to say you'll be any less better off in 2022 uh, by milking less cows. If anything, there's a potential, I suppose, on some farms that by reducing the stocking rate somewhat, and Joe would have spoken about it a couple of weeks ago, if we're pushing the stocking rate just a little bit too hard um, for, for individual farms, and again, that's all driven by grass growth, so I'm not going to give a stocking rate as to what that figure should be, because there are farms that are capable of handling higher stocking rates, and then there are people that are pushing to achieve stocking rates that they haven't put the, the infrastructure maybe, or the, they haven't done the, the basics in terms of delivering, in terms of grass growth, etc., to sustain that stocking rate. Uh, and then in that scenario, there's a lot of cows in that farm potentially being fed almost on a 100% meal diet, if we look at it in the, in the context of what grass can deal with and what are these extra cows consuming then. Uh, and so it may be, it's just going to be a worthwhile exercise in particular for 2022. It's always a worthwhile exercise, but in 2022, given the cost rise that we're looking at, that the, the um, margin on that marginal milk that we've often spoken about is going to be eroded quite significantly because of increasing um, input costs. And as a result, uh, the, the, the justification for keeping some of those cows on the farm is going to be very much in question. So I suppose, uh, just to sum it up, I suppose it's a good time of year. Uh, Christmas is, please God, we, we won't have any COVID lockdowns or anything to scupper plans around Christmas, but people people will be, I suppose, busting to get out maybe for Christmas for catch up with friends and family and so forth. And uh, now would, might be a time to start putting the books together for um financial side of things, really. And it's good for the accountant as well. I know accountants like to get their information in as early as possible. So if you're sitting down, you can, even if you're just organizing your stuff, uh, for now, it's a starting point. I suppose many of us will probably underestimate the time that's required to get the information together. So profit monitors are often being demanded to be in by the first or second week of January and people 
I'm obviously going to take time off over Christmas and next thing there's a bit of a panic on trying to get this done in the early stages of January. So a nice long lead in time I'm giving you now at this stage to organise your information, start putting all your dockets together in order and so forth. And uh, you can start putting your figures together then. Uh, as I said, we would like people to be doing, more people to be doing profit monitor, but as long as people do some sort of financial analysis, I think it's, that's the most critical piece. Um, so if you're interested in profit monitor, obviously talk to your local advisor about what you need to get and they'll give you a sheet to identify which category you want to put the information into, etc. But just, I suppose, what I wanted to get across to people today is just to look about taking stock, okay? Uh, and um, just assessing your position. And as I said, it's always a good thing to do, but it's a particularly important thing to do at the end of 2021 going into 2022 when there are quite a significant number of changes coming at us in relation to nitrates, uh, chemical fertilizer allowances, feed costs and uh, fuel costs and fertilizer cost increases and the justification for keeping all the cows on the farm uh, you know, that may, may not be performing at the level that they should be performing. Um, so that's it for today. Um, I'm going to be joined next week by Damien Barr, who's a vet with the uh, Department of Agriculture. We're going to go through a little bit in relation to antibiotic usage and the direction that that's going to take. Again, it's another change that's coming for 2022, I suppose, uh, and maybe a little longer term as well. Um, but Damien's going to talk through uh, elements of that and animal health in general and how we can hope to reduce antibiotic usage. So in the meantime, take care and, and safe farming for the coming week. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday. So do listen in then. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and thanks for listening.